for 11 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. That's right, y'all. Every Saturday morning for over 30 years, we've been inviting you into our living room so we could talk about your house, home, castle, or cabin. Give us a ring. Let us know what it is you're trying to get done or tackle around your house, and we'll put our experience to work, see if something we've done in the past might not help you get through whatever it is you're trying to get done. The number is one 767 You'll get an auto attendant answering the phone. And when you do, don't listen to the long speech. Just push number one. And then that'll put you right here in the studio with sweet Jennifer, my wife, who's in the call screener booth. And she'll get your name and your question. Romy and I, who's in in the studio with me right now, will get to work and try and get your question answered just as quick as we can. Hey, we're coming up on a deadline for homeowners to submit photographs for the 2021 rosy calendar, right? Um, and then, and then there, we were going to do something about recipes. I tell you what, Jennifer and I were able to go on a little fishing trip last week down to Louisiana, and there are three recipes I've never eaten. And I've got to find them. They had a praline fried shrimp with a horseradish aioli sauce. And it was just an appetizer. Hmm. I could have ordered six of those appetizers. I just had dinner with that. (laughs) It was absolutely to die for. And then I'd never had crawfish monica. That, that was fantastic. I can tell you some history about that. The New Orleans Jazz Festival, um, every year, I mean, the food court there is amazing. But many years ago, a lady came up with a recipe for crawfish monica. And the basis of it is crawfish, rotini pasta, cheese, and seasoning. And uh, it's the hit of the whole jazz festival. It, it, was, it was absolutely delicious. delicious. But the creme de la creme, Romy, was a deep-fried apple pie. Hmm. Served a la mode. <laughs> so, do you cook it and then deep fry it, or do you get your apple pie I have no idea. And, and then drop it in the deep fryer? I fire? have no idea. Hmm. But we were in the little town of Natchitoches, Louisiana. We were fishing at Toledo Bend. Uh, we got to go, and Natchitoches is the oldest town in Louisiana, and the architecture is absolutely fabulous. It dates back to the late 1600s with a fort that was there. And we went into the oldest continuously operated hardware store in the South. And it was so cool. They had things in there that I haven't seen in years. The cash register is from 1901, and they still (laughs) use it to check you out today. It was a lot of fun, a good little trip. And I don't know what y'all are hearing about air flight travel, but our flight to Dallas and home from Dallas both flights were booked, no empty seats, and both were oversold, where the airline was asking you to take a travel coupon to get your butt out of the seat and make room for somebody else. So uh, no mask required at Dallas-Fort Worth, mask required at Sky Harbor. 
Oh my goodness. Ooh. So we're back. So you had a good trip and you got a couple couple fish recipes got, to try out. Yeah, we've got some recipes to try out for sure. Uh, and like you were saying with John Jay, summer solstice today at 243, longest day of the year from this point for the next six months. It's just going to get shorter and shorter and cooler and cooler. Just think about that. Winter's on the way. You got something to hang on to there. <laughs> Nine o'clock is our on the house hour where we spend the hour talking about something on your home, castle, or cabin. If you'd like to join the conversation, one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. Text questions can be sent to four one one nine two three or email info at rosieonthehouse.com. And uh, we're talking this hour about keeping it cool. If you get our email newsletter, subscribe to our blog, you've had a chance to preview what we're talking about today, which is reducing the heat gain to your home, castle, or cabin. The more heat we can reduce from it, obviously, the less our air conditioning units have to work to keep it cool. And we talked about it a little bit last week. You really have to look at your energy bill first to understand what you're trying to save off of. You know, you look at an energy bill, there's 15 line items that you can never do anything about. You can't make the environment taxes go away. You can't make the distribution fee go away. You can't make the this fee to that fee. You know, the, the first 80, 90 bucks a year electric bill is all just fees and distribution and processing. It doesn't have anything to do with what you're consuming on your panel. So you have to look at the kilowatt use hours, and that's what you're going to be working to reduce. And what those numbers are in the summer are a lot less than what they are in the winter. So as you're reducing heat gain, as you're trying to cut your bill, you know, don't get in the mindset if you've got a $400 bill and you're going to try and cut it in half to 200 Well, that's not, that's not realistic. You know, you're, you're really only going to cut, you know, maybe $80, $90 off of that because your cooling cost of that $400 is probably not, um, not over $300 yeah. of it. It's, it's probably closer to 2 and to cut that in half, you're only going to be saving 100 bucks. When people want to start talking to me about ideas they have for saving money in the summer, uh, the first thing I have them do is get their energy bill out. And I say, how many kilowatts did you consume last July? What was your bill? And you know what? If you're under 15 cents a kilowatt, you're doing pretty good. Now, through smart management, we can cut that 30% and get it under 10%. But you're going to have to be willing to work with me and uh, try a few a few things that don't necessarily cost money, but uh, we can get you to under or right at 10 cents a kilowatt. If if you're 2,000 square foot home and you're burning through about 2,000 uh, kW hours a month and your bill in the middle of the summer is about $250, $300, that's about as good as you're going to get uh, if you want a return on investment. You can spend a lot of money and get that down to 200 but remember, you're only saving that through the hot months, so be careful. And it's a topic I want to talk about a little bit later, but it's, it's a new dimension that I've just kind of discovered this week. It's the science of shade. Shade is really a pretty complicated thing. 
But uh, I'm going to go into it later about things you can do about shading that will cut the heat gain down on your house. We've got callers lining up. We've got Alan calling. Let's see if we can welcome him into the conversation, see if we can help him out a little bit. Mr. Allen. Yes, sir. Good morning. Hey. I've got uh, uh, a single-level house, uh, 1,600 square feet, but the uh, it's tile roof, uh, concrete tile, and I've noticed this year in particular a whole lot of the nails, the anchoring nails, are backing out. And I was just wondering if that's meaning that my under underlayment is starting to go bad or something. Right. Are, are you finding the nails on the ground? They're backing out, rolling off the roof. Oh, and... I I see I see them I see them hanging out about half three quarters of an inch, sticking out. Okay, that that all the way around the house. Okay, Alan, that doesn't particularly worry me too much. But I will tell you this: for the West Valley. Uh, why don't you give the Rosie Certified Roofer Pinnacle Roofing a call? They'll come out and do a little free inspection for you and verify that you don't have anything to worry about. What most people don't know about tile roofs is only the first two or three rows are nailed down. Uh, all the rest of them, uh, sometimes in the valleys, they're, they're secured. But all the rest of those tile are just held in place by gravity. Um, and a lot of people don't believe me when I tell them that. Uh, but for the great majority of tile roofs, they only nail the first couple tile up from the eave. Just and to then, keep the tile from sliding off. And, and then, then the rest just the rest hold, them, them, just hold stack itself them down. Stack them up. One, two, three. So give Pinnacle Roofing a call, Alan. Let them know we talked on air and... Uh, See, Brandon, have Brandon get out there and take a look at it or one of his guys do a drive-by and just verify. Take a look at the underlayment and see what kind of condition and lifestyle, lifespan you've got left in that and uh, do an overall uh, pre-monsoon checklist. On roofing, we had a question a few weeks ago when we talked about monsoon prep and roofing. Um, somebody said, you know, you guys went through all those types of roofing but did not mention metal roof. What do you think about metal roofs? And a metal roof is a great way to shade your roof. Um, it's, it naturally has airflow underneath it the way the, you know, you're not putting it on a flat sheet. There's always a dented design. That, that ridge gives it its, its form and its shape and its strength. And it has a, a natural airflow, and it's great. The, the problem is the material for a metal roofing is, is just very few people can make that investment. You can have a professional roofing contractor tear off and re-roof an asphalt shingle for less money than it than to buy the materials for a metal roof. I mean, yeah. they're, they're expensive, but if you can't afford it and you do like the, the look of it, uh, we are, me personally, are a big fan of a metal roofing system. And they do not reflect heat into the home they actually help reflect it out, and like I said, it it creates an airspace between your sheathing and the waterproofing, which is the tin, and that airflow underneath helps keep your home cooler. That's that is a shading roof system. And if you're looking and considering metal roofs, I can tell you this: uh, you buy it by the gauge, by the thickness, and and many times uh, a roofer 
will, in an attempt to meet a homeowner's budget, quote a 29-gauge roof. Uh, and my personal opinion is that's a little bit too thin. If you're going to invest in a metal roof, get to the 26-gauge at least. So you're hoping to be buying your last roof when you buy a metal roof. Uh, a 29-gauge particularly if you have any trees in the area at all, uh, is, a, is a little bit thin. So that's just my one thought on metal roofs. You know that not everybody heard it. It was a commercial in the Phoenix metro area. It was a local one. For Scottsdale Solar, you know, solar panels is, is another shade form on your home. If you've got rooftop solar panels, you are generating energy uh, through those panels during daytime use. But that is one more layer of shade that stops the direct sunlight before it hits your rooftop. It doesn't co- cover the whole roof, and it's not a big part of it, but every little bit of shade counts. I mean, you can see when you pull into a parking lot, you can, in the summer, you can tell who's been through an Arizona summer more than once because they're all huddled around the one little shade tree parked. Everyone that's not is parking in the blazing sun up close to the store thinking they've got a great parking spot. That's for sure. Well, we were talking about it. It's the science of shade. And we uh, went, uh, Jennifer does a lot of our writing about all of our writing. And when she got into this topic, she took the little infrared thermometer pistol i have in my truck and uh, she just started going crazy Uh, she started shooting temperatures of everything and in my house the backyard faces due west and we have a pretty large wall that's completely unshaded the the lawn comes up to within two feet of that wall then there's a little rock garden between the lawn and the wall and that wall stands completely exposed to the western sun and we're painted not a real light reflective color it's a it's what it's what i call mcdowell mountain mauve uh so it's in it's on the darker spectrum the wall temperature with the outside temperature being 110 degrees the other day the wall of our home the outside wall of the home was 150 degrees Now, that wall comes towards the kitchen, turns in, and then is covered by a shade patio for the rest of the length of the house. That same color wall, the same facing, west-facing situation, but under the shade was 104 degrees. A 50-degree difference (laughs) of the outdoor temperature of your wall surface. And all of that, every one of those studs or the masonry block that is forming your outside wall, all of that heat transfers through to the inside. I think I'm going to have to do like a lattice on that exposed wall, maybe a grapevine that would bloom in the, in the summer and grow some grapes on it and shade that whole wall because that's, that's all the living room and the master bathroom and... Um, but I was surprised. Now the patio, we have we have old world stone patio, uh, 
Uh, and we picked that product specifically because it's west-facing and the ambient temperature of that product is never supposed to get above the ambient temperature of the environment. Well, in the sun, the patio leading to the swimming pool was like at 118 degrees. The cool deck was about 122 degrees. But that same patio in the shade was 90 degrees. So we've eliminated for that part of our house that shaded 50 degrees off the outside wall temperature and 20 plus degrees off of the patio surface area. So we've eliminated the heat sink that when we moved in that house, that patio was always so hot. Then we have rolled down shades on the outside of the patio. You drop that and then you put the shades on the inside of the house and by the time that heat, couple layers there, you, you, you're doing multiple layers. And I had it explained to me this week, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it next hour in home automation. But protecting yourself from the heat is done in layers, just like protecting yourself from the cold in Minnesota. You put your underwear on, then you put your long johns on, then you put your jeans on, then you put your overpants, wind pants, and then your waterproof pants, and then your parka and your gloves. Well, Protecting yourself from the heat needs to be thought of in that same way. Layer your protection. Get that big canopy tree to shade those critical parts of your house. Then have the shade screens, maybe protecting an area that you live in. And then shade screen the windows. But we have to do those right. I see more sunscreens on windows installed wrong than I see installed right. We'll go into that detail a little bit later. Yeah, the patio, it's really fortunate that they've taken the design. And, and you know, patios on a lot of homes are, are non-existent at all. Maybe five feet, eight feet off the back, front porch. That that patio, the whole length of the house, is, is a, you know, your shade. Oh, yeah. And covering those windows. And, you know, it, it's unfortunate that a lot of these subdivisions they're building in virtually has no overhang, no eaves, no porch, and all these windows are direct exposure with no way to shade them um, other than the shade from the house next to it at certain times of the day, which isn't nearly enough. But maybe, maybe building science will catch back up and reverse that trend. Bringing it back to my house so we can talk about your house. Join the conversation by giving us a dial at one 767 4348 If you're uh, one of the subscribers to the Rosie on the House newsletter, it'll come to your email box every Thursday, and it'll tell you basically what we're going to cover this particular Saturday. So if it's something that grabs your interest, you can kind of set your little calendar to make sure you don't miss the show. And this Thursday in the newsletter, we're talking about keeping your cool with shade, sunscreens, super cooling, and more, which just happens to tie in to the number one question we were asked last week at Rosie on the House 
is why does my ceiling fan spin two different directions? Did you know ceiling fans used properly can actually warm you in the winter months? And they do that by you getting on a little ladder and reaching up above the fan blades. And there's will be a little sliding switch generally to reverse your fan. It will then pull air from the room and push it up towards the ceiling. You want it operating in that mode on the lowest speed because you don't want to feel moving air. But it will take air out of the middle of the room, push it up to the ceiling, and the warm air that's congregating there will then find its way to the walls and find its way down. You're actually creating a small circuit of air, taking the warm air that rises naturally and reintroducing it down into the living environment at seven feet and below. Now, the higher the ceiling is, the more hot air is stored up there. In that case, you may have to go to speed two to get that to work. But generally speaking, you don't want to feel a draft or breeze. Then you're defeating your purpose. Now, in the summer, you want the fan spinning counterclockwise, okay? And you want the ceiling to be the ceiling fan to be pulling air from the top of the blades, pushing it down into the room. Now that doesn't cool the room off one degree. It does not cool the room off one degree, but it creates across your skin what we call the wind chill effect. And those of you from the north know. When you watch the Weather Channel, they always give you the ambient temperature, 14 degrees. With a 27-mile-an-hour wind out of the northeast, it feels like negative 9. That's the wind chill. What does it feel like? Well, all a ceiling fan is doing is creating a wind chill across your skin. And in the summer, with it pulling the air off the ceiling, pushing it down into the room... You can have those fan blades moving as fast as you want. It doesn't matter. The quicker the wind is blowing, the more chill effect you're going to have on your skin. Now, what you don't want to do, generally speaking, is run a ceiling fan in an empty room. Because like I say, unless it's helping you overcome circulation problems from your central air conditioning system and your ductwork. It's not accomplishing one thing in an empty room. Now, it's not that big a deal because it only costs one penny an hour to run a ceiling vent. So you're not wasting a lot of electricity, but you are wasting a little. You're not accomplishing anything. Now, what about on a patio, let's say, and it's a real still day, you know, would circulating that air underneath the patio um, for a penny an hour help the ambient temperature around the outside of your home? No, no, it doesn't change ambient temperature unless you turn the misting system on that does lower the ambient temperature. 
and then circulated that in and amongst the patio up against the house, creating a thermal barrier between your living space and the outside edge of the patio, which is a very strategic thing to do and a very smart thing to do. But just circulating hot air on your patio won't do one thing to reduce the heat gain at your house. So that was our most asked question this week is why does my ceiling fan have a reverse direction? And it is for seasonal adjustment. In the summer, you want it spinning counterclockwise in the, as, as fast as you want it to. In the winter, you want it spinning clockwise at a very low speed. You don't want to feel the draft. You don't want wind chill hitting your skin when you're trying to warm your house. Of course, you can get a two-in-one system, those misting fans. Have you seen those? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. You can do that. Uh, so in the conversation of keeping your cool, we're talking shade. Now we've talked our way through the ceiling fan conversation. Now let me talk a little bit about sunscreens. I mentioned it earlier. It's, it's be quickly becoming another one of my soapboxes. church we used to go to the pastor would always say you people you people <laughs> we quit going to that church <laughs> but you people are installing sunscreens all wrong a sunscreen must be installed with an air gap between the screen and the window frame so don't attach the screen directly to the frame put a little spacer in there i don't care if it's a quarter inch spacer a little neoprene spacer use a quarter inch or half inch longer screw and then have the screen not against the window frame and you definitely never want the sunscreen material so saggy that it's laying against the window that's defeating your whole purpose so with a sunscreen installed with a quarter inch gap between the screen frame and the window frame, it allows a little bit of natural convection conduction as the glass and the, everything gets hot, it vents itself out. It eliminates uh, the heat buildup that some sunscreens do create. So you've got the shade screening the house. Then you've got the roll-down screens shading your patio. Then you've got the spaced and gapped window screen mounted to every window frame. Now you've got the layers of protection. Now, when Jennifer takes that little infrared thermal thermometer and shoots the aluminum on the window frame that's unprotected, it's easily over 160, 170 degrees. That's a little radiator heater that's going directly to the inside of your home. You take the shade, especially if you multi-layer your shade, you're going to get that down to about ambient temperature, about 120, 110 degrees. You've cut 50 or 60 degrees off the heater that's heating your bedroom in the middle of the summer. Now, that's worth a little money, and I will tell you, sunscreens 
do happen to be one of your highest returns on investment when they're installed correctly. And I'll tell you what you people do is the sunscreen frame has a little rubber spline in it. And that's what's holding the screen to the frame. The spline should be installed facing out. But some people find that aesthetically unsatisfactory. So they apply the spline in. That means the screen is touching the frame and probably touching the glass and is only accomplishing a fraction of what it's capable of accomplishing if it were installed correctly. So you people just listen up. You do that way too well. <laughs> you people. You're <laughs> <laughs> oh, supposed to be we. 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 Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Not you. <laughs> All right. And a lot of times sunscreens, you don't have to do just one window treatment. I know we can start adding up and getting expensive, but is it, it is, in most cases, in most homes, the single largest source of heat gain into your home and especially for ones that have zero uh, shade from the outside tree or uh, you know it, it may be a multi-tiered you can have a awning on top of a window that has a sunscreen on it and your big drapes on the inside now the interior yep. doesn't do a whole lot but um, it the, you've got those solar screens that roll up and down that you know, it's it's one more layer. It, it is. It the the window treatment itself absorbs the heat once it's inside the home, and you know transfers less heat into the air temperature. But you know, most everyone, you know, you want to get your heat reduction done on the outside of your home, as opposed to the inside. So you do. And didn't and you mention that heat gain is? Did you already mention this? Fifty percent of the heat gain in the house comes through the windows. It's the windows. Yeah, yeah. people want to buy. Uh, more insulation. I think we've got everybody convinced never put radiant barrier in your attic. Man, I hope you've all got that message loud and clear over the last 10 years. Uh, you don't put ventilators on your attic and suck the air out of your attic. Never do that. Passive ventilation is okay. Never mechanized. You want to spend uh, a lot of money on state-of-the-art air conditioners mounted to old junky ductwork. Uh, but it's windows. Windows are the biggest heat gain source of your entire house. It's not your attic. It's your windows. And I'm feeling a little self-conscious about my comment about our church. I love, I just want, and I got a lot of friends there, and I'm going to catch heck next week for saying that. I love that church. We were there for 15 years. I love that church. Jennifer and I just opted to go to a we, we, we opted once the kids all finished the youth group there and we were empty nesters. We wanted to go to a, a smaller church. So I love the church we went to. I love the church we go to now. I just didn't like you people. And I love that pastor. He's a great pastor. When you're trying to get somebody's attention, that's what you say, right? I'm talking to all you people. Now, the last thing I'm going to say on this we're talking science of shade, and at my house, 
I'm just going to keep using my house as an example because it's the one Jennifer is, is, is walking around with that thermal guy. I think she's taking my temperature with it a couple of times. Um, on that western face, most exposed, we do have roll-down blackout shades inside the house. And because we super cool, if I drop the screens on the outside of the patio and I drop the blackout shades on those windows completely and I super cool to 68 degrees, with those things done, that area of the house never has the air conditioner turn on one time between three and eight, unless it's 115 degrees outside. Dinner time is officially here at 2.43 this afternoon, right? Longest day of the year today. Winter is coming. Tomorrow's going to be shorter than today. And it just keeps getting shorter and shorter and shorter. So when you're working on your home and it's 115 outside, just know it's coming. It's coming, baby. We were talking about our newsletter that comes to your email box. You can subscribe to that newsletter on our website, rosieonthehouse.com. The uh, article this week is Keep Your Cool, Shade, Sunscreens, Super Cooling, and More. And... You see the title, and if you want to get into more information, you click read full article. Then when you finish reading the article, there are no less than 10 related articles on the same topic. Just this newsletter, just this newsletter you got this week could literally save you hundreds of dollars between now and September or October. If you would just take a few minutes and read the newsletter, check up on the on the links, do a little time studying, you would be saving hundreds of dollars. Thank you. Rosieonthehouse.com, R-O-S-I-E on the house.com. And then there was a final section of that just talking about rebates. A lot of the things that you can invest do come with rebates. But, you know, crunch the numbers. The rebate's a hard number. How much you spend on your energy is a hard number. And if you're calculating that, uh, the estimated savings against your actual cost of cooling, you know, that's and, – and, and the cooling cost takes your November bill compared to your June bill. Because even if you've used $200 in kilowatt hours of electricity, well, air conditioning isn't the only thing you ran. That's right. You have your base load that is the same. If you check, check your March bill, check your October bill. Those are probably your two lowest bills. If you're below the rim and on the desert floor, that's your base load. Those are the lowest it's going to get. And that's one reason we don't like to <clears throat> equalize payments is because – you don't realize and see the savings or, or realize you can't test it. how much you can't yeah, see the <laughs> metrics. Right. Or how much it's gone, you know, you're going up or out of efficiency. We talked about windows in the last segment and that prompted a couple text questions. One, uh, can I window tint 
a low E window. And low E is a glazing technique that's on the actual glass itself. And most windows are low E coated for residential application. Well, if, if you bought a window in the last 10 years, they were probably low E. The great majority of them have been. Tinting a low E window generally will void the warranty from the manufacturer. And at Rachel's house, we took, we took two bedrooms exactly exposed to the west, and we tinted one bedroom window, and we sunscreened one window. And from the inside, the result was exactly the same, with the exception on the glass. With the exception, if you tint your window, you still have the window frame conducting so much heat inside. That's the great thing about a sunscreen. Make it a little bit bigger than the window, space it away from the window, and now the whole frame and glass and everything are shaded. So window tinting does work. It generally voids warranties. And for the money, I like sunscreens better. There are some cases where an HOA or for view integrity, uh, the tent may be your better option. And if you go with a good manufacturer like a V-Cool, a lot of times they will then honor the window warranty. That's right. Um, to get that that product installed. Um, and, and if your windows are on a warranty, then that warranty is a non-issue anyway. That's right. Uh, then one other question. Ah, oh, here we go. Uh, my dual pane windows are on the north side and don't receive direct sunlight. Would sunscreens be beneficial? The, for, for what they cost, yes, do it. I mean, you're going to get a sunscreen installed on a window, regardless of which direction it is. Um, you know, for a hundred bucks, just do it. Text her four one one nine two three, and you can email info at rosyonthehouse dot com. You can also, uh, if you need a picture or uh, to send a picture with to describe the project you're working on, or the uh, what we call the pot. Plain old telephone line in the radio industry. <laughs> Plain old telephone line. 888-767-4348. That's one triple eight rosie for you. When you get the auto attendant, just hit one. You'll bypass the uh, auto attendant answering it right into the studio. Jennifer will take your question and get you on air. We're going into our 10 o'clock hour now. It's our open home hour. We talk about anything you, the Arizona homeowner, want to talk about your home, castle, or cabinet. one 767 4348 One of the big trends in remodeling bathrooms is shower rainheads. Jennifer's going to tell you why not to do it. Mm-hmm. 